Alright, hey guys, so we're, uh, we just wrapped up free practice, we're waiting for the time practice to start, so I figured I'd break out the podcast recorder, talk to the boys at Penrite Honda, three mechanics, just get a feel for it down here, they've been here the whole time, we'll uh, have them introduce themselves, starting with you, hit me Scott. Uh, my name's Scott Lillis, I'm a mechanic for the number 24 Honda, Brett Metcalf, and uh, I like to party. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, I'm Nick Timpson, uh, mechanic for... Uh, Number three, Chris Blows, uh, and I also like to party. I'm Nate Alexander, Penray Honda. Work for Mitchell Oldenburg, number 66, and I'm the lead singer of the band. <laughs> okay, so um, wrap. we're down here. They just finished free practice, so this is a little hectic, but at various points in your career, you're a full-time Aussie guy. Give me a breakdown of what it's like to be at the series and what the day is like for you compared to in America, Scott. A lot of hurry up and then wait. It's like um, the day is spread out a lot more. You have less less riding time. Um, so the biggest thing I've noticed from coming back was, well, for one, the, the actual sheer number of riders is a lot less. So we have less practices. There's only two practices in each class. Um, so I think, yeah, they, they spread the day out a lot longer. Um, and depending on the formats, we run funky formats like the triple crowns and back-to-backs and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, depending on the day, you kind of like, it's a, like, like everything, you kind of hurry, you got to get here quickly, set up, let's go, and then sort of sitting around waiting. And then it's like racing is like bang, 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 all done. So, um, the, yeah, the biggest, yeah, the biggest difference is your, your days spread out a lot more. Um, like you don't, you're not doing as much, but you kind of like, yeah, it's, it's wild, dude. It's the wild west down here. <laughs> I noticed, like, one practice, and then we're just going to wait for two hours? Three hours, yep. And then we're going to do one more practice? Yep. And then go right into the racing? Correct, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the way that they set it up. And, um, which, uh, look, I've never ran an event before, so um, it's, it's worked for them for the last few years. And it's a good, they may do a great job. Like, the track's sick, stadium's sick. Like, everyone's pretty stoked on um, the last couple of rounds, so... Um, New Zealand was really fun, um, and yeah, I think we uh, we're excited to go racing. Um, so I think it'd be cool to get another like an extra practicing. I think they could fit us in a little bit more. But I mean, they got they got freestyle, got best whip, they got 65 racing, they got a bunch of whole stuff. So they I'm pretty sure they're they're pretty maxed out. But it, it would be nice to say, even as a, as a mechanic, to get a little bit more track time for the riders, so we can test and try different, maybe try a different compound tire or. Or something like that that would be a little bit handy which is um where the ama comes good you have that that one you have three practices so you have like one practice just feel it out second practice and third practice you're like okay let's let's get it on so um yeah it's a little bit rushed but uh i don't know it does it it does its job down here we uh we do the best with what we got down here and i think we do a pretty good job being one of the guys that's gone to the states come back What's the biggest difference that you see? Like, what's one thing that you wish the U.S. could take note of, and what's one thing you wish the Aussie guys would take note of that the U.S. does? Um, I feel like we, it's it's so hard to compare because we have such a small population. Um, I think uh, the U.S. guys, um, anybody that's from the U.S. has come down here has been surprised with the level of, of talent that we have down here. We have, like, a bunch of really, really super fast legit guys like you're the 450 class you have AMA podium guys AMA winners um, the 250 class is full of AMA podium guys um, we got guys that's written designations in t- top five um, we've had yeah a bunch of like 
legit super good guys just come out of Australia in the last few years that are now world class like Mitch Evans who's raced from HRC in a, in a Europe now um, you got Wilson Todd uh, he's a current Aussie outdoor title guy who went over the road for Troy Lee like there's a bunch of guys young kids that are coming through now that are super legit and that, that's honestly that was the biggest thing like I knew coming back I knew the guys would be would be decent but I honestly didn't realise they would okay like yeah a lot of these kids are world class like they're top 10 guys worldwide so um yeah i don't think a lot of aussies back themselves um it's because we're so far away from everybody we have such small population our series is uh we don't have the numbers that like the ama get we don't get the uh the attendance from the crowd like we we do it tough down here um on that team terms of things but i mean the talent itself is like super legit so yeah i wish our, our series could come up lift it's getting better and better every year so and it's starting to lift towards the level of the riders like you look like you got good americans here like uh, mitch oldenburg chris blose um bradley taft uh, and that's in the 250 class and they're all battling with like a bunch of the aussie guys here so it's like there's a, they're all good top 10 ama dudes that are now like still in a fight down here like yeah we don't have 20 legit guys we have five so um the talent here is good. The series is are, are trying their best with what they got with very limited funding, um, not very, not a lot of sponsorship money. Um, way smaller budget. Yeah, everything's way smaller. So budgets are smaller. Just being able to get, so you don't get parts direct from a company in here. But being a, a separate company, unless the the brand has a base in Australia, nine times out of ten you get your your parts through an import company, um, whether it be. X, Y, or Z, you know what I mean? We get that company will bring in seven brands, the other company will bring ten brands. So the way that, that's just the way that it works down here. So getting budget from them, who then have to get budget for it. So you, it's always like third hand. And then you got to look at like where we are on the totem pole. So we're like, yeah, obviously America and Europe has got to be number one, number two, and then we're maybe be three, three or four on the totem pole in terms of like importance for these brands. So. Um, we get good help from everybody, um, but yeah, it's we're not running, like, we're not running an AMA spec budget program. You know, we're not doing, um, we're doing it. Not, I would say tough. Everybody here is um, is living good, but I mean, we're still, we don't have the unlimited, uh, the unlimited parts budget, the unlimited tires, the unlimited gear combos. Like the guys, I don't think guys in Australia realize that. Like in America, you get three or four sets of gear every single weekend that you race. Um, you get four sets of tires every single weekend you race. Like in America, you have so much access to parts. It's like, what do you need? Okay, good, here. You want this pipe? Okay, you can have this pipe. Hey, Donnie, I need a longer header pipe. Yeah, all right, now give me a week, you know? So here it's like, okay, this is what you got. Go for it. Make it make best with what you do, like with what you got, so. All right, for both of you, didn't know you. Did you guys ever, oh wait, did you ever think that there would be an event of this scale in Australia? I mean, a guy that's grown up down here and lived here your whole life. This is unbelievable. Um, no, not really, to be honest. Um, I mean, have a look at the stadium that we're in now. It's, uh, I'd say it's world class. Um, I haven't been to America, but from what I've heard from uh, the US boys, it's pretty, uh, pretty much on par with what they do over there. So. You know, I never thought that we'd be in a stadium like this with the track that we've got. Um, I mean, the dirt's good. The dudes did a, an amazing job building the track. Um, the facilities are good, so, you know, 
it should be a good night for racing. For for you as a guy that's been down here with blows and everything, when an American rider comes to you with a request, is it harder for you to understand to them like, hey, we only have this much. You have to be within these limitations because we're not going to be able to do everything and ship an engine to race tech or whoever and then have it back tomorrow? Um, I think with Chris it's a bit different. He's a super easy guy to work for. Um, there's not a lot that he wants, really. Um, I mean, we we did ship parts over to America, um, but you know we we did that with enough time that we could get them back. Um, but apart from that, he's been pretty much on the same setup, apart from a couple little motor changes, but nothing too bad that we've had to wait on stuff from America. So he knows he's been here before. He was here in 2017, and I worked with him then too. So you know he sort of gets the gist of what we can can and can't do in Australia so I mean we can pretty much nearly give him what he wants but I mean we're still like like Scott said we've still got budget restraints and and time restraints on everything so we can't really get too much done in the terms of week in week out sending stuff to America so I mean we're pretty fortunate with what we've got down here so he's happy with that and he just wants to go race. You guys have been... The thing that I noticed even here the other day at the race shop, the team is always together. Riders are always together. Mechanics are always together. Uriv is always around. So there's never this time where there's this disconnect where it's like, yeah, I only see my guy one day a week. You're the practice bike mechanic. You're the race mechanic. You guys all hang out together. You guys establish a really solid relationship right away. Like last night at dinner, you guys were joking the whole time. And he held his kid. Like that's something that even in the U.S. sometimes there's a disconnect. Like, yeah, that guy just builds my bike and then I see him on the weekend. Yeah, um, I mean, when I first worked for Chris in 2017, um, pretty much since then I've spoke to him, you know, at least a couple of times a week from then until now, um, and we've established that good good relationship. Um, you know, and I'd consider him a close mate now. Um, so working for him is super easy, and and we get along great. So we do spend, you know, a lot of time together. And being being his practice bike mechanic and his race bike mechanic. Yeah, you know, we do spend a lot of time together, as the whole team spends a whole lot of time together. Um, yeah, you know, we all go to the same practice track. We all, you know, we all help one another and do what we can to to support each rider. Um, but we do we do grow pretty good relationships in this team, being so close together. Um, you know, even with Nate coming down from America, you know, we're always together. <laughs> you know, the boys the boys all live together, which I couldn't do because that'd be a bit hard, but. <laughs> You know, they all they all live together, work together, ride together, um, but we just get it done, and uh, that's just the way it is at Honda. Okay, with all of this going on, what happens after this weekend? Like, how long do you guys have a break until it really gets serious again? Especially with this team going up north for a few weeks. Um, we don't really use the term break because we don't get that very often. <laughs> so um, we'll be back at work Monday, back grinding. Um, you know, we've got a couple of new things happening next year, so, you know, pretty much next year starts on Monday, so we'll all be at work again, we'll all be doing our thing, and uh, we'll get ready to go racing in America and, and the outdoors in Australia. Okay. Uh, outdoors in Australia has been big. Like, this is these are gnarly tracks I hear. I hear sometimes it's not that great. There was a dust thing a few weeks ago, and I heard about the thing at the hospital where they turned people away and had to cancel the event. Is that stuff standard? Is that just because, like not everybody's able to have all of the resources or is that like freak instances that we hear about every now and then? Um, 
I think, you know, a lot of it is, well, the, the hospital thing uh, probably wasn't really, the track wasn't really made and the, the actual town wasn't really probably the right choice to have around there um, with the fact that the hospital facility was so small and the, uh, the number of employees was so little. Um, but, you know, majority of the tracks we have in Australia and outdoors are, are great. You know, they they try their hardest to make sure that we have everything we need there. The facilities are always good. Um, the track work's always good. Um, you know, we have we have the odd occasion where everything doesn't go as planned and, and you know, it'll rain for a week before it and we didn't anticipate it and then we got a, we got a mud race. But the majority of the time, you know, the outdoor series is probably our premier series, you'd say. Um, you know, we get the most turnout there. We get a lot of amateurs come down, which is great. Um, you know, it's a bit hard for them to travel to do Supercross. Um, but, you know, you get a lot of the, the young amateurs come to, to the outdoors and have a go, which is great. Um, and it really builds a sport up, being able to... You know, it's a lot more interactive with all the teams as well. So, you know, right now we're down underground. You know, no one can really come and see us. Whereas at the outdoors, everyone can come and see us. There's no... VIP passes, you don't need this, you don't need that. You can just literally come to the races and hang out. So, you know, that being said, it's it's a great series outdoor. And, um, you know, it's I feel like it's good for our, our industry. Um, and, you know, it gets better and better each year. So that's all we can really ask for. Hey, SWAT Moto listeners, this is Zach Osborne, rider for the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna factory racing team. I love my FC 450 race bike, but I also love the FC 350. It has the handling of a 250 and the power of a 450 making it the perfect bike for both professional and amateur riders. Right now, Husqvarna Motorcycles is giving Swap Moto listeners 1,500 reasons to get a brand new FC350. Hurry into your local authorized Husqvarna Motorcycles dealer to find out more on the limited time offers available to get you on the track today. For over six decades, Scott Motorsports has pushed the limits of innovation, providing our customers with the most advanced technology available. Scott is honored to be the exclusive eyewear sponsor of the SWAT Moto Live podcast. Athletes such as Chad Reed, Justin Barsha, and myself, Adam Ciantrillo, require the best performance, which is why we choose the Scott Prospect Goggle. Recognized as the number one goggle in racing, Scott is proud to be made in the USA. Check out scott-sports.com to see their complete line of high-performance goggles. Hey guys, Hunter Lawrence here. Lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails in the local area on my intense primer and the thing's badass. For how good it is going up the hill, it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails or if you want to go a bit further longer and faster they they just brought out a new taser e-bike which is uh, yeah everyone's given the double thumbs up on so head down to your local intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at intensecycles.com check it out guys what's up this is christian craig as a motocross racer being in top physical shape is a must and my favorite way to train is cycling and whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. 
Hey, what's up guys, it's Malcolm Stewart. Worst Connection has been building a best aluminum parts in motocross for the last 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device and their original adjustable clutch perch assemblies, I am proud to use it on my Motoconcept Honda. Check them out at worksconnection.com. What's up Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the Action Sports Special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. What is it about motorcycle culture in Australia that's so big? Like, honestly, this rivals Southern California in some places, and that's like the mecca. But when I see people out here, like, they're genuinely into it. Every family's into it. I mean, they're full fly racing or OGO bags or whatever, like, walking through town. Why do you guys, like, how do you get into it so much, even though it is so hard down here? Um, well, I guess because Australia is so small, um, and everybody sort of knows everybody to an extent, so, you know, growing up for me as a kid, it was watching the Supercross in America. But then once you, you know, once the young kids get on bikes, then there's, everybody wants to be on a bike. So the one kid goes to school, he's got a motorbike, then all of his mates are getting motorbikes. And it just snowballs from there. But, you know, I think uh, the fact that we have amateur races and, and we have, you know, all the, the junior stuff for for their kids to you know get to up here to the top you know that really everyone wants to be racing supercross everyone wants to be in our national outdoor series so i mean from the kids growing up it's pretty much just their friends their families everyone just wants to go racing because that's just what we do here nathan for you being yes, a guy that's been you know factory practice bike mechanic factory sported team mechanic 11 10 mechanics so you've you've went the whole gamut of what's possible for a race team how does this compare like where do you put this where does it compare um put the microphone up <laughs> yeah, yeah okay um comparison it's like almost i came into it with no expectations i think that's the biggest thing everyone told me not to come into it with any expectations and uh when I got here, I just, it was a lot to, Mitchell's deal fell in like really, really last minute and um, it came on like really quick. So everything was super rushed. We got the bikes the, the week before, the, he rode the week before the first race and um, I was nervous. <laughs> like I was really nervous because I, did, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know like what Mitchell was going to think about the bike, but um, just how the team was going to be or anything. I just met, I knew Scott and I knew Duff. I trusted them both, and um, I didn't even know Uriv. I met Uriv over a phone call. <laughs> Within 24 hours, I was on the plane coming here, and when I showed up, it was just kind of wing it, and I kind of, I guess, just meshed with everybody real, really, really quick, and it surprised me in more, more ways than I could even say as far as um, the bike. The bike's really, really good. Uh, the shop showing up the shop was nice i mean the, the living conditions like just everything they like really catered to me and mitchell and 
Um, as far as any other team, like this team seems um, easy. Like uh, the hardest part about working for any team is uh, the crew and getting along with the crew and being being able to relate and and having so-called drama. Uh, this team, there's it's egos are left at home most of the time, <laughs> but but it's just. Uh, I don't know. It's it's like we're always, like you said, we're always together, and um, everyone's always out for a helping hand. Times where I'm like maybe a little slow at working, still got guys like they'll stay and help me. Um, yeah, just experience has been the biggest thing. I mean, three of the main mechanics have all worked together at BTO KTM, so this is why I'm having fun down here because I feel like it's the old days again. We're all yeah. busting each other's balls. We're all talking shit. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Uh, so I said getting the band back together or the Island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> um, okay, for both of you, the fact that you've seen how things are in the United States, what's one thing you wish personally that they could pick up down here? Um, I wish, money aside. Money yeah, aside. I think the biggest problem, um, I don't even think it's a problem. I think it's just because the, yeah, it, it, like inexperience with... Um, because of how how tight budgets are and stuff like that, there's a lot of like members on a lot of teams. There's not many, honestly. There's not many full-time guys in Australia in terms of like mechanics or even crew. You know, a lot of the a lot of these guys are just weekend guys. They just they have a job nine to five during the week. So to be able to uh, fully hundred percent focus on like team organization and stuff like that, it, that takes a lot. It is a full-time job. So I think the professionalism. Um, of the teams is very good on race day and stuff like that like everybody's super like everyone's dressed and smart no one's like everyone's obviously having a good time and, and having fun because we do that because it is fun it's racing but I mean there's no difference in I mean, maybe it's not as serious as like walking in underneath like the, the factory Honda truck or, or the like the factory Cowie rig or something like that but I think it's as serious as it needs to be and I think the biggest thing that we could pick up is as our team, I know and me, even me personally, it's probably we could be a lot better. Everybody could be a lot better as like time management and organization in terms of like lining things up with more time. A lot of the problem is we have is because we are third ranked on the totem pole of importance worldwide. Uh, we we struggle to get stuff as quick as possible. You know what I mean? So it's not like so it's hard to plan for something when you don't know if you're going to get it here in time. And then we have customs laws and and import taxes and stuff like that so all of a sudden it's like okay we want to make uh we're trying to make an ama a1 spec bike ready to rock and roll but we have a half amount of time and half the amount of budget so i know but at the same time we do we get a lot of good help from all our sponsors and stuff like that and, I, and i'll put my bike up against anybody's bike um worldwide so i know that we have like legit legit bikes it's just <laughs> it's just yeah it's, it's sometimes doesn't go as smooth as, as you would as I was accustomed to I mean dude when you go to like well, I work at like the factory husky dude it's like everything is pre-done a whole year in advance like we know where we're staying in December in January you know what I mean we know where we know where our flights we know everything it's just like whack 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 everything's already ready to go we have parts we have a limited amount of parts so you can pull a whole year's worth of supply of parts 
you can already lay it all out. Whereas here is we have to work with import companies and they might be working on a month and month like uh, parts budget basis. So it's like, okay, you're going to get your first quarter's parts here, your course quarter's parts there. So it's kind of like you have to kind of juggle your time a little bit better. Um, and then as long as you can kind of, that honestly, yeah, as long as here, as long as you can just sit back and realize that, yeah, this isn't the AMA, this is Australia. And there are going to be times where we're going to have to work till 2 a.m. And there's going to be times where you're gonna, not going to have that part and you're going to have to make do with what you got. And as long as you can exp- like, kind of like accept that and you can usually move forward and it's not that big a deal. But in terms of like comparing it, I mean, considering what we got with the amount of like population we have, it's like, dude, we, we, we crush it. It's a good time, dude. We have like, it's... The racing itself is like badass. Like everybody here is a sicko. So it's like, it's fun to be at the races for sure. Okay. You have Medi. We talked yep. about this last night. Yep. I mean, that was your guy as a little kid. Yep. Medi's your- yeah. I had posters of him on my wall. Like when I was like, like six, <laughs> it's a freaking trip, dude. Like I was like, come back. I mean, that was one of the reasons, like I was in America. I was pretty happy there. Um, it came to time I was like I, I needed to change I, I'd been there for a long time now um, I was like oh, I need to do something different and, and this deal came together and I found and then Brett called me and it was like hey man I think this would be really cool we could together I think we could we could do, like F shit up you know so <laughs> we could get we could get it going so I'm like alright let's, let's go that'll be sick and then I get here and we, we, we tested for like two weeks in America and I'm like straight away like I've, no, I've known Brett for a long time like when he um well, actually, I met Brett when we we're at BTO. I've like obviously known him for a long time, but never really got to know him. It was actually when we we're at BTO, and, and Hoodie was next door, and Hoodie was his mechanic in Canada at the time, and yeah, he would come in all like yeah, they're doing that Canadian deal, and yeah, straight away we clicked, and we're like we always got along. We rode bikes together and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, dude, that's sick. I get to work for fucking Brett Metcalf. So it's um yeah, it's a trip. I still trip out every now and then. I'm like, dude, that's a that's the number twenty four, dude. That's cool. <laughs> okay. Give me, uh, each of you, I want you to give me your best story of your guy from this year. So what's been like a good Medi story from this year? Okay, anybody that knows Brett or knows anything about Brett's racing or anybody that's worked for Brett will know that Brett could, Brett loves, loves to test. He loves to change shit. He loves to do two clicks here, two clicks there. He'll do a, he'll, he'll do a rolling sight lap and come in and go, yep, need two clicks needs it needs it so like it's kind of a joke we need two clicks on everything so um in Coolum this year i dropped my uh 30 second ball was up and he did his rolling lap come in and my 30 second the 30 second ball was up uh, like because he they roll straight in push a button and go and he's like i need i want two clicks of compression i need two clicks of compression of the forks i need it, I need it. And, I, and, I, and i dropped because everything was rushed i must have dropped my my flathead screwdriver i usually have one in my pocket so I like ripped my bag apart, couldn't find it. So I, I, I had a Phillips head screwdriver and I went over there and, and I pretended to put two clicks in. He goes, yeah, that's good, that's good, that's good. And he, he wrote, and I was like, dude, I didn't do anything, man. <laughs> like to like, to your even, your even, your even, I didn't do it. And he's like, well, we'll, we'll see. And uh, he, did, he did the lap, he did the race coming. I think we got second to Todd and uh, he rode sick. And he, the first thing he said coming off the track was like, oh man, those two clicks were crucial. <laughs> And I mean, me and Yuri just started cracking up laughing. And we're like, yeah, good on you, bud. <laughs> Double D's. Double desserts. Oh, yeah. That, Chris, hey. Chris has a sweet tooth. So, okay. So, there's one thing uh, that not many people would know about Chris. So, when I first started working for him in 2017, we, um, 
our, our team owner, Yurev Konski, uh, put us up in the Q1 in the Gold Coast, which is like this unreal, unreal hotel. But down the bottom of that hotel, there was a cold rock, ice creamery. <laughs> and uh, everybody here knows that I have a sweet tooth, but I didn't realise that Chris had a sweet tooth as well. So every day that we were there, we had ice cream numerous times a day. Um, so, you know, you, a lot of people just think that these athletes eat healthy and do all this stuff and go to the gym and go to that, but some of them do like to have double desserts every now and then, um, and Chris is one of them. So suits me because I, I, I don't mind having a couple of double Ds, so we just work together, we eat together. So if that means dessert, that means dessert. That meal last night at that restaurant at the casino, where does that rank in top to bottom of best meals so far this summer or this Supercross season? Oh, I think Wollongong, we went ham at Wollongong. That place was good. Yeah, that was the uh, – I mean, we get we eat good. Yuriv likes to eat good. So he's like, if I'm eating good, we're all eating good. Yeah, he doesn't like shitty food, so we, we're always getting pretty good food. Last night was good. It was tight. That was – um. When we yeah. had to go Wollongong, back. Wollongong was probably the best so far this year. It was the same thing. We had gelato last night after it was over. That cake that they all brought in afterwards, we had to go back and get something we left in that room, so we ate the cake that nobody else had Thai, touched. Oh, yeah, Thai in Auckland was good, too. Was it good? Thai food in Auckland, yeah, that yeah. place got down, too. Mossman curry, extra spicy. Oh, yeah. Okay, explain this as the resident Aussie, yeah. you two. How big is that difference between New Zealand and Australia? Wow. Not really. It's. I mean, it is. It's. It's. Dude, Auckland is. Because I've heard people get like pissed when you compare the two. Well, they. Are. It's like comparing. Uh, it's like comparing Canada to America. It's like, it's the same thing, but it's not. Okay. Yeah. It's like Australia is. Um, like New Zealand is full of. Um, it's. I think it's more multicultural. Um, it's smaller. Obviously, has even half, even more half the population. Even more half the population. That was great English. It has less than half of our population. And then, um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a beautiful place. Auckland's sick, but it's like weird. It's like the city is strange. It's like a mixture of like five or six different cities from all over the world. Like the architecture's, it's wild. So you go down one street and it look like you're in like Rome or like some backwards, dark like Italian street or something like that. And then you go to another side and it looks like Chicago. So it's like, yeah, it's a mixture of architecture. It's, it's it's pretty sweet. I like it. Food's good, too. The racing has been good down here, so let's yeah. talk about that in the Bell Helmets uh, racing, bench racing segment. Um, yeah, the racing has been sick. Really good. And especially with these triple crowns and joker lanes and back-to-backs, dude. It gets, um, it gets pretty pretty exciting, to be honest. I know the riders probably don't like it that much, but and as a mechanic, it, it's stressful, but... As a fan, it, it's pretty sick, dude, watching those dudes, like, battle it out every week. And we got, like, Luke Clout has been riding. He stepped it up big time this year. I mean, he's always been a really good rider. But this year, I feel like he's um, he's gotten to that next level. I mean, Josh Hill has come back. He's the best he's ridden, like, for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> since 01. No, honestly, no, he looks really good. He looks healthy, and he looks motivated, too. So that's good. And then Dan Ridden, obviously, he's a beast. He's been really good. Um, and then JB, like JB's our guy, um, and Brett. So I think we've been, like Brett has been a little bit off at the start and now we're, he's starting to come really good now. So if we can get up in that, that top three battle, I think that'd be really cool. We got podium last week. So if we can do that again, that'd be, that'd be rad. We finished the year out on the podium, we'd be sick. And then hopefully JB can do his thing and get his, uh, 
get his fourth title. So he's one point behind trailing. So, um, yeah, the pressure's on for sure for us. And then, yeah, we were, uh, put through the Americans in there, Joey and and, um, and Jason. Like, Jason's obviously Jason Anderson. He's a champion for a reason. So he's um, he looks fit and strong and healthy and pretty motivated. And he's got his, his sick bike from America, so he's comfortable. So I think 450 class is going to be on. Well, like Brett will smoke everyone, but other than that, it'll be like it'll be pretty pretty good battle for second, I reckon. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's rare to get to the last round of a championship, yeah. and the points are so tight. Yeah. I mean, it helps because even it's only the two fifties, like the two fifties, are tight as well. Like, what's Oz? We got six points, four points. Yeah, so four points and over blows. Chris. Yeah, yep. I think that's the advantage of having such a short series. Um, we only have five rounds. Is it five rounds? Yeah, five rounds. So you don't get time to like stretch out the leads to. It's like 20 points, 30 points, yeah. Yeah, 12 points in the top four of the 250s, and I think even Brett is technically, uh, we're fourth in the title, the championship, and we're, we're still technically eligible to win it, yeah. Some, some shit has to go down, but, I mean, yeah, we could still potentially win it. So, um, yeah, points-wise, everybody's there. Um, it's, it's funny, you see, with the 250 guys, it's been really interesting because there's been guys, like, we have the two... We have our two, our two guys, like Mitchell and Chris, and you can see where Chris is really strong. Like he's really strong in the whoops and the tighter tracks. He's really, really good. And then you see Mitchell, who when the big open, more AMA spec tracks, he comes good, and he's, he's pretty solid everywhere, but he starts of haven't been good, so he's been coming through the pack. And then you have um, the local kid, Aaron Tanny, and he's, yeah, a really good supercross rider. Like He's one of the kids that could go over there to America and, and do really well, make main events, be top 10. Um, you have Jay Wilson. Um, he's a current champion. He's yeah, super legit. He'd be same thing. He, he could go over America and be top ten as well. So, and then you throw in a few of the other younger Honda boys like Carl Webster, Reese Bud. You have Regan Duffy. There's Josh Osby, who's currently leading it. Who, on his day, can like I remember watching him back in 2015 when he was an amateur at Club MX, and be like, dude, this kid is legit. Like he is. When, when he's on, when he's on, he's on. So if he can. Yeah, he can, if he can ride like he did in Auckland, he's going to be hard to beat. So um, the racing is going to be really fun. I'm, I'm excited to watch as a fan. It's, it's cool. So right. That's the Bell Helmets bench racing segment. Scott, you and I, we're going to wrap this up right now yeah. because we've been going at this for a half an hour. But yeah, mom's spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Um, we had a good conversation at dinner last night because you're one of those guys that went to the U.S. and came back. Yep. What is it about all of these kids that just want to go to the U.S.? And, and why do you guys do everything to get there? Like, and what are the sacrifices you guys went through? Because it think, was unbelievable, yeah. and it, it's a thing that everybody can relate to. Yeah, I mean, like, when we... I think it's the same as all the riders. Like, you, you, we are so far away, and it takes us a lot of money and effort to get anywhere from here. Like, we're in the middle of nowhere. And unless you're going to, like, Bali or, or New Zealand, like, it's, you're, it's a mission. So if you're pulling the trigger on going to America or Europe or something like that, there, there can't be a plan B. Like it's got to be all in. So I think that's the difference is like, I know when I, when I left, I was, I was super young and it was all I thought was like, I just, I don't want to fail. I just can't fail. I need to succeed. So if that meant like eating two minute noodles and sleeping on couches and working for free for as long as I can, just to get my foot in the door, then that's, that's what I was going to do. There was no, there was no like second option. Like it was like, I wasn't going back. So I'll make it work. So I think that's the difference. Like we have, it's, I'm not going to say it's comfortable in America for the guys. Cause it's not, it's hard. Everybody's out there grinding. Everybody's like, everybody has to make sacrifices to get where they're at. Everybody, 
everybody has to go through their own battles. Everyone deals with their own demons. So it's no one. Yeah, it's it's just. I feel like because it is so much of a mission to get back at home. I think it's just like, well, we we just make it work. So um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it was a trip. If I think back about it, and I, I think about what I had to do to get to where I was at, and the struggles and the the like the like the calls to mum to think like just pretending everything was fine and everything was good and hanging up the phone and thinking like shit how am I going to pay for dinner tomorrow you know so it's like yeah there was a lot of like dark times like that and then by the end of the day like you do your hard work and you just like you work do the talking and then all of a sudden a door will open and yeah you just don't look back you know so I think that's the that's the difference I think it's just you can't have a plan B it's got to be all in all in or nothing thanks boys thanks bro